Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I am excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And I am actually talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here, and I am actually excited because I'm talking about the offense as it has performed this spring training. Now, the premise here, as you well know, is to do ups and downs. And I got to say, far more ups than downs when it comes to evaluating the Colorado Rockies offense this uh, spring training. Now, I'm going to have the opposite problem tomorrow when we talk about pitching, but let's get into it. Now, for those of you who can tell the slight audio difference here, you'll probably bet that it's because, and, and rightfully, that I am down here at spring training in Scottsdale, Arizona, as we begin to wrap up this uh, spring training season. And so really, I figured I'd take you through here at the big picture looks at what's gone well and what hasn't for the team. And even though I'm doing three ups and three downs, we're going to talk about most everybody. And as a special treat, I'm going to play you the conversation that I had with Mike Moustakis this morning. But let us begin with the man it sounds like will be the Colorado Rockies starting third baseman. I say sounds like it's what Bud Black told us just this morning. You saw me tweet it out, those of you that follow there. That Elaudris Montero will be the Colorado Rockies starting third baseman for now. Uh, there, there was an interesting way w- which he phrased it when I, I tweeted out the quote. I realized, yeah, you know, in the context of the conversation, it was about him continuing to develop and, and working on things, particularly, you know, how he stays with or sometimes stays off of the breaking ball. But ultimately, Montero's going to be the guy for now. You know, I I saw some responses of people saying they'd like to see maybe a little bit more commitment out of Bud Black on that. He's our third baseman of the future or whatever. I mean, okay, I can understand some of that. But ultimately, they're doing the right thing here. This is something we've talked a lot about since the signing of Mike Moustakis. You know, are they going to end up taking way too many plate appearances from a guy like Montero early on? Looks like he's going to get his run. Obviously, Moustakis is going to get in there sometimes, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But Montero has to be your number one up for the Rockies in spring training. He was presented with the Abby Greer Award for the Colorado Rockies' best player in spring training, the MVP, if you will, of spring training. He hit 327. Now, it's not over. He's still out there playing some games, so he's got an opportunity to improve or, or worsen these statistics, but still... Hit 323, 383, 582 as of my recording of this. Four home runs, 10 ribbies. He's drawn five walks and only struck out 11 times. And ultimately, for me, that's the big number. Uh, now, you got to have all the, that other stuff, too. It can't just be low strikeouts and he's not doing anything else, right? But along with the good numbers, uh, the semi-regular production, the 18 base hits, in 55 at-bats. That all feels very, very good. But the big thing, I think, that I wanted to see from an offensive standpoint out of Montero this spring was to cut down on those strikeouts. I think that's an element of his game that I have more hope for him to do that. There are some guys who, like, say, Michael Tolia, we're going to talk about later, uh, and in a better version of Nolan Jones, where you can accept a certain amount of strikeout if they hit the home run often enough and the other parts of their game play up, right? There's also a certain amount of being reasonable about what a guy can or can't do in terms of his swing and his profile at the plate. Montero has the ability to be a guy 
who can still give you that power but doesn't have to sacrifice the contact. A rarer and rarer commodity in the game of baseball. And even if, for me, he has to hit fewer home runs, if you want to think of it this way, instead of him being a perennial 30 home run a year guy, which I think he could be, he's got that kind of raw power. But if he could do that while striking out 30% of the time, or hit 20 home runs a year, striking out 20% of the time, and maybe increasing the doubles, and you know, in a, in a ballpark like Coors Field, the more you put the ball in play, especially hard line drives, gap to gap, that's going to you know, really play out for you in terms of batting average and all of those kinds of things. So I'd really like to see Montero settle into that kind of hitter. And obviously in a best case scenario, you know, if you get all the things that you want, he could be both, right? He would strike out 20% of the time and still hit 30 plus home runs. And then he'd be kind of a superstar at that point, right? But I, I think a very reasonable projection for a, a good version of Alaris Montero, who becomes kind of that third or fourth guy in the Rockies' next core, that that sort of Garrett Atkins, for those of you that remember that run, right, where he wasn't Todd Helton or, or Matt Holliday or even kind of Troy Tulowitzki was the big up-and-coming youngster, but then you still had those guys like Garrett Atkins and Brad Hopp who were really important to the success of that team. And I, I could see Montero and uh, somebody else I'm going to talk about in a minute, you probably know who, becoming those types of guys who they may not end up in too many all-star games. Maybe they get one, you know, those, I, I, you know, Brad Hopp got that one in there, right? But that's the kind of player I can absolutely see Montero becoming. He's really looked comfortable, relaxed at the plate this spring. Buddy was talking about that this morning, not pressing, not chasing, not feeling like he has to prove himself with every single at bat going out there and playing the game. Uh, the defense continues to be a, a work in progress. He's getting better. The footwork is if he's got a good arm, you know, but uh, so so I think he'll he'll be okay at third base. I really don't think we're going to end up, you know, talking, oh, man, this guy is truly and epically awful over there. They're, they're absolutely, it's going to be tough for him because Rockies fans and media and presumably coaches in front office are so used to not just good defense at third base, but it has been well over a decade since the Rockies have had anything less than elite, gold-glove caliber, all-world, either Nolan Arenado or Ryan McMahon at third base. And that's just... And honestly, it goes back before that. For those of you that remember now, Garrett Atkins wasn't the best, like, most athletic third baseman, uh, but he was incredibly sure-handed, made very few errors. And those of you that remember Ian Stewart, as much as he was a roller coaster ride of a ball player and, and ultimately didn't pan out for him, he was a phenomenal defender. And then even back in the day, Vinny Castillo was pretty good. So the Rockies have had quite the history at that position, and we have all been spoiled when it comes to third base. So I hope, you know, Montero doesn't have to do too much of living up to all of that. But man, it was nice to hear Buddy very casually this morning just say, he's going to be our third baseman. We're excited to see what he can do. I think he can continue to improve, make the most of his profile. And he has certainly made the most of his time 
down here in Scottsdale this spring. Let's go over to the downs. Like I said, there aren't a ton, so I'm going to begin with Michael Tolia's strikeouts. Now, Michael hasn't had a terrible spring by any means. Uh, this kind of goes back to the point I, I was just talking about. 234 batting average has dipped down a little bit in the last couple of days. The 329 on base you still like. 406 slugging. A little lower than maybe you'd like, but not a ton of samples here. Uh, the three home runs, but he's striking out. He struck out 23 times so far. A couple more times last night, though, Shane Bieber was getting everybody. He, he was throwing absolutely wicked stuff. Uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball in midseason form in March is, is tough when you're a young guy trying to prove yourself and make a roster. But still, I mean, that's that's what it's going to be. Right, that's what the big leagues are like. Not everyone's Shane Bieber, but still, there are enough guys who have that caliber of stuff. That's what you need to learn to hang with if you're going to be a big league ball player. And Michael Tolia is going to be a big league ball player. You know, 15 hits. Like I said, the six home runs. I'm sorry, the three home runs, six ribbies, nine walks. So you do like that. He's taken some good at bats, but the strikeouts. That's where you're frustrated. I. I I wouldn't mind some of the struggles and, and not having a ton of production here if the strikeouts were just a little bit more under control. But it is the big bugaboo of his profile. It's really the one thing of all the young players. Like if you had set out, and we kind of did this right here on the show and in written form as well on milehighsports.com. If you were to make like a top 10, top 20 list of things you wanted to see from the Rockies' young players this spring. It would be, you know, things like Veen doing basically what Veen did, right? Zach Veen basically fulfilled the check marks you would have had. Drew Romo would have fulfilled the check marks. Brenton Doyle fulfilled his check marks. I just went through Alaris Montero, right? One of the things, though, that you probably would have had on your list is Tolia cutting down on the strikeouts to some extent and giving some hope that he's going to make enough contact so that he doesn't become the next, you know, big power, big athlete guy like a Sam Hilliard type who shows a ton of promise but can't work out because he keeps striking out so much. And to this point, he hasn't done much to dissuade you of that. It really is the only thing in that list that you haven't gotten out of the young guys this spring. It's the one thing where you still, now you got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on the hype for Tolia. I do still wish that in spite of this, the Rockies had not signed Profar and would just run with him in the outfield. Uh, but I, I understand their thought process and we've gone over all of that. It's going to be interesting to see. I think they'll carry him in a bench role, but I'm not sure he get There's one of the last few decisions to make here. Uh, and it, they could end up sending him to AAA for the at-bats, as we've talked about before. Could end up sending him on the bench. That'll be really come down to, and I asked Bud Black about this yesterday, not specifically about Tolia, but in general about this decision-making process with players. And a lot of times it comes down to their mentality, what they think the player can mentally handle and you know, especially if he doesn't feel like they've got a mechanic. He said, if they got a mechanical thing to work on, I want to send them to AAA, right? But if they don't have a mechanical thing to work on, and it would be good to get some at-bats, sometimes you got to look at a guy's mentality and say, are they going to benefit from being at the big league level, getting those handful of at-bats, uh, you know, maybe even going back and forth a little bit 
versus uh, we got to it's just get them the plate appearances. Right. So because of the strikeouts, I could see Tolia ending up in triple A. Whichever way it goes, it's a little bit of a bummer that, you know, that just didn't come be a big positive in spring training. But you can't win them all, I guess. Right. Back over to the upside. The number two up for your Colorado Rockies this spring training has got to go to the new guy, Mike Moustakis. Now, he hasn't gotten into a lot of games, 11 games, 33 plate appearances, well, at bats so far, but hitting 333, 353 on base, and 636 slugging. Already slapped a couple of home runs, got four doubles out there, uh, driven in nine already. And hitting the ball to all parts of the park, uh, very, very good at bats, even some loud outs in here. So I understand that people weren't excited when he was brought in, and I understand the reasons why. And we've gone over all of that again before, but especially now that it's clear the Rockies are going to give Montero his opportunity, and you know they've got Ezekiel Tovar in there at shortstop, so they are playing the kids, as it were, not all of them. I just did the Tolia thing, but it, Mustaka is going to have an interesting role on this team, filling in at times at third base, at first base, a little bit of DH. We'll see about the health of uh, the veterans I'm going to talk about here in a second. But look, man, you, you just got to tip your cap to Mike Mustakis and production deserves to play. Uh, I understand people who want to go entirely with the youth and, and not play a single veteran whatsoever, but there's a lot of potential value that can come from this, whether it's flipping him at the trade deadline, whether it's extending him because he's not that old, and the fact that you gave him a second chance at baseball life here, and you know, maybe he enjoys the atmosphere where he's going to get to hit, any number of other things, you go with Mike Moustakis, so... There's a lot of ways in, in which this could pan out positively for the club and for him. And as you'll hear in just a second, he's very excited to be here with your Rockies. First of all, like I said, I've always been a fan of your game. One of the things I love about the profiles, the low strikeouts. Right. How has that been a focus of yours, and how do you expect that to play in your game? Um, you know, growing up in the minor leagues in Kansas City, we preached, uh, you know, not striking out. You know, you can only get hits and help the team out by putting the ball in play or taking walks. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to learn from back then and apply it to my game over the last 10, 12 years in the big leagues. So, um, you know, obviously the, the way pitching is going nowadays, it's getting a lot better. And now you got to be a little bit more selective. So pitch selection is huge nowadays. And getting good pitches to hit and getting yourself in good counts. So, uh, you know, I've been able to do that in the past and hopefully can continue to do in the future. Yeah, how, how much of your at-bat is a mental thing? You know, I know some guys are a little more see the ball, feel it out, hit it. How big into the scouting report, the pitch-by-pitch pitch sort of? There's a lot that goes on. Uh, you know, again, over the years, I've played with some really good hitters, and I've, I've learned a lot from them um, as far as scouting reports and, you know, pitch sequencing and, um you know, counts and what pitch to look for in certain counts and what guys are trying to do. But uh, the one thing that the Royals had taught me was the scoreboard basically dictates most everything that's going to happen. You know, where, where the count is, outs, where the runners are, score, uh, innings, like what inning we're in, all that stuff really dictates what's going to happen. So um, I've been able to, to apply that to every at-bat and 
Uh, then you put that together with the pitching scouting report that we get from our hitting guys in the, the front office, it, and then you try and build a plan and then use that plan as you get into the box. I thought a lot about you coming here in terms of the experience that you bring to this team with the All-Star Games, the World Series, but certainly you can pass that off to some of the other guys, but how does that help you in getting back to the best version of yourself, having known you've been there before? Yeah, um, obviously the experience is, is huge, you know, being able to you know lean on those uh, you know World Series teams and All-Star Games and those successful seasons that I had are huge, but... Um, you know, for me, having the non-roster invite um, was was actually amazing. You know, it brought me back to you know how I used to play, how I used to work. Um, you know, as far as trying to make a team, and I haven't had that feeling in quite some time. So, if, you know, if anything, that's going to be you know a driving force for me going forward is continuing to do that, um, making sure I'm on top of everything every single day. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Last one for you. Since you've now made the team, has your mind drifted at all to the thought of your profile hitting the ball around Coors Field a little bit? You know, I've always been the kind of guy that tries to keep uh, keep everything right in front of me, not looking too far ahead or too far behind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I try and focus on one day at a time. Those, those old cliches, one day, one pitch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you are going to Coors Field and you have that, that you know, hitter-friendly ballpark. So, uh, it'll be a lot of fun to experience a full season there, and uh, you know you still got to you still got to hit the ball, you still got to play. So it'll be it'll be fun, it'll be exciting, and again, I'm just excited to be a part of this team, man. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. We got such a great group of guys, uh, great coaching, great front office, great staff everywhere. It's been awesome so far, and I'm excited to keep it going. All right, I appreciate Mike taking the time. It'll be fun to get to know him and watch him play. And like I said, I've always appreciated his game. You heard me tell him that sometimes it's nice just to watch good ball players play good baseball. Uh, You know, sometimes I feel like we way overthink some of these things. The young players are going to get their opportunities. Having Mike Moustakis around is a good thing. And if the Rockies can turn it around quicker than a lot of people out there, including perhaps myself, think he's going to have, he's going to be a good guy to have around. Uh, but even if they don't, he's a good guy to have around. Anyway, all right, it's time for down number two. And this one is, again, very mild, but I've got C.J. Crone and Charlie Blackman. Just kind of in general, both have had almost the exact same spring training. A little bit of back injury, not feeling great. Both, you know, they're batting 172 for C.J., 182 for Charlie, but... They're veterans whose spring training numbers you just wouldn't read into in any other year. Now, you know, basically what I'm saying is I don't think any of this should change what you would have felt about either of these players coming into the year without spring training, right? Now, if you're a bit concerned about the way that C.J. Crone ended last year and are worried that maybe, you know, it was a half a season of him being great and he's peaked and it's over and they, they've missed their chance to trade him and all that stuff. And if you thought that coming into spring, then obviously there hasn't been much to dissuade you, right? He hasn't played much. He hasn't looked great yet. Again, you, you can't read too much into it, but I get it. The same thing with Charlie Blackman, whichever way it went. Not, neither has done anything to make you think, oh, huge comeback season, right? But they also haven't played enough to make you think, well, that isn't possible. It couldn't happen. I think the most interesting thing about these two players right now will be how healthy are they for the very beginning of the year, and if they're not at 100%, 
do the Rockies use that as their opportunity to get these other guys, particularly Tolia, playing time at first base, right? That would be interesting if they're not sure about Crone being fully ready to go. But I get the sense that they think they will be, that they expect them to be, to, to get back out there in this final week, get enough at-bats so that both feel that they're ready to go for the start of the season, and they'll run with it, right? But if the injuries are going to be lingering things, whether the Rockies want, want it to or not, that may be the avenue by which some of these younger players end up getting to play. For now, I think all you can do is really look at those numbers as the only guys really in spring training that you knew were going to be on the roster coming in who haven't played well. It's really just those two. And it, like I said, they've both been hurt a little bit. So it's it's tough to say to what extent you sh- should read anything into those numbers. There are two players on the flip side of that, young players who have put up pretty poor numbers. Nolan Jones, obviously, we've talked plenty about, and he's been sent to AAA. And Cole Tucker, who was an interesting pickup, but has come in and really not done much of anything at the plate either, batting a buck 94. So, but, but that's it. That is the end of the list of guys who have offensively struggled for your Colorado Rockies in spring. That's pretty amazing. So let's go to, actually, let, let's do then the last down and end on an up since the there really aren't that many. And the last thing that I can say is just the injuries. I just ran through all of the worst offensive production numbers that the Rockies have had. So the only other thing that's obviously been incredibly disappointing from a position player standpoint for the Rockies this spring training I've been the injuries to Bouchard and Brendan Rodgers. And that's been documented and we've gone over it, but I figured that that's all I've got for a big number three down is, yeah, it just really stinks that those guys suffered some pretty serious injuries and are going to miss significant time, right? All right, let's finish on the last big up, which could be the inverse of what I just said, right? There are several names I haven't mentioned, Elias Diaz hitting 333. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar has been quietly very calm, very good. 298, couple of home runs, couple of ribbies on base in 353. Feeling good. Jonathan Daza very quietly, 315, you know, doing his thing. So basically, everyone on the squad is, is looking pretty good. Brian Servin's been bleh. Maybe the one guy who's kind of been mid, if you will. But then, the big up is actually Chris Bryant. And not only is this, I think, a big up for spring training, him hitting 314, on basing 415, and slugging 714. Four homers, two doubles, eight ribbies, five walks, only 10 strikeouts, it's an OPS of 1.129, an 1129 OPS. I mean, the guy, that's Chris Bryant. When he's at his best, that's what he looks like. He draws his walks when he's not getting a pitch to hit. When he does get one to hit, he's hitting it hard. Uh, he's even had some loud outs in here. He's hitting uh, balls to the opposite field with authority. So... Yeah, I think Chris Bryant, if he can stay healthy, is going to have a huge season. 
this is one of those things that I think a lot of people, even myself, have, have kind of... Because the Rockies made too big a deal, I think, at times of, oh, well, if we get Chris Bryant back, we can be competitive. The natural reaction to that was to undersell what Chris Bryant could do for this team. He's not going to save them into contention, but he's going to dramatically improve this lineup, if healthy, both from the production that he is able to put up and I would put my predictions for him this season roughly where I had last season. 30 to 35 home runs. Hit right around, if not probably above 300. He'll on base close to 400, which is something the Rockies desperately need and haven't had for a while. And he's going he's gonna to slug. He's going to hit. He's a great hitter. And... He's still a great hitter. He's shown it off this spring. He's looked as locked in as anybody. And I expect a big, big season from him. Again, you've got to have the caveat here. We've talked about the injury stuff with him before and how much of it is, is people reading into a couple of isolated incidents. How injury prone is he really? I guess the time will tell, right? That we can't really do anything about. But from a ball player perspective, here's what, here's what I can say f- about the injuries, right? Have his, has his missed time or, or the injuries themselves or whatever affected his ability to still be a great all-star, all-world, all-caliber elite hitter? Nope. He is still that guy at the plate. Just got to get him to the plate. So, I think we're in for a big year from Chris Bryant. I think it's going to be fun for fans to finally get to know this guy and to get to have positive feelings about the player that they're paying $27 million a year and all that other stuff. So, those are my takeaways on the offense down here. It's really been quite good. And I think the offense is going to be good this year. At least compared to the offense of the last couple of years. They're, go- they're going to be much improved. They will, I think, be a bit streaky. These young guys are going to have their ups and downs. Uh, there's still a lot relying on, you know, Ezekiel Tovar and Alaris Montero. And as much as we feel like we can kind of project what they're going to do, you you never really know with young ball players. But there's a lot of potential here for the Rockies to score quite a few more runs, be quite a bit more competitive at the plate than they've been the last couple of years, especially with their new hitting coach, who I was asking guys about today. And I'm going to be writing about that on milehighsports.com. So make sure you're checking out all of that stuff. Make sure you're subscribed to all of the other podcasts here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Tuning into the radio station as we get ready to kick off the 2023 Major League Baseball season. I've got a few more shows from you down here in Scottsdale. Of course, I've got to go over the pitching, a few other things, hoping to have some more conversations that I can include on the show. Again, thank you to Mike Moustakis for taking the time to talk to me. Thank all of you for taking the time to be completely awesome out there. You know that I will always take the time to be completely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.